Yeah, you can burn through it if you know what you're doing. Let me mute this video. Uh, I'll have it running so I can think here. December 22nd, 1992. I was 12. Go Ninja, go Ninja, go Ninja, go. I'm Paul Wilford along with Scott Edwards. We are here to talk to you about everything in games, movies, music, what the fuck ever. Take three, Scott, it's your turn. I opened up last week's show. Oh, fuck. <laughs> Hi, and welcome to the Scott and Paul Show. I am Paul Wilford, along with Scott Edwards. We are here to bring you all the news that's not important in life, but it is to us. Scott, how's it going? It's going great. How you doing? Well, it's doing a little bit better over here than it is at Ubisoft. Yeah, their, uh, their stock shares are taking a hit. Has it? I even took a look at that. Yeah, they dropped 8% on, like, I think it was re release day for... Assassin's Creed Unity. Uh, all the videos and commentary coming out about the bugs. You know the what? Wait, what? What bugs? There's bugs in the Assassin's Creed game. Yeah, this, this is news. Yeah. This is breaking news. People with um, invisible faces, and you can still see their hair and their eyes and their teeth. That's a really big internet meme right now, and there's all kinds of posters and animated pictures and stuff for that. But people falling through. Uh, the game world and just falling out of it. You know, every time they jump on something, um, combat's jacked up a little bit. You know, somebody be fighting and they'll fall through the ground because of that. If they try to assassinate, people getting stuck in the geometry of the objects and the buildings in the world, and they're just like sitting there with their little feet and hands going like they're just stuck. Uh, it's a mess. But Ubisoft is a huge developer, so I'm sure that. Everybody who wanted to purchase this game already read the reviews and knew in advance that they had these problems. So it's really on the consumer to expect this, right? Well, uh, yeah, exactly. Except for the 12-hour embargo uh, that Ubisoft put, Ubisoft put on the reviews, and the consumers had to let each other know about the bugs and the broken gameplay because when the reviews did come out 12 hours after the game launched... It got good scores. A 7.8 on IGN is a good score. It's also a chicken shit score because they knew they wanted to give it an 8, but they would have a huge, huge consumer backlash. And so they thought, well, we'll knock it down just a little bit. That keeps Ubisoft happy on one hand because we're not too low. And then we're not too high for the customers who are going to bitch because stuff just doesn't work right. But it's really transparent. So, and I hate to say it, but I don't own Unity, and I don't plan to, but I did watch uh, around an hour of gameplay footage. This wasn't a compilation of bugs. This was a playthrough, and I saw at least 20 instances of broken geometry or screwed-up physics models where the characters were all folded up like an accordion, uh, just a lot of crazy stuff, and 
I mean, that's really sad because in 2013, you had this huge, huge shitstorm of controversy with Sega and Gearbox and Aliens Colonial Marines because they shipped an unfinished, rushed game, and I played through that and before the first big patch, and it was not as bad as Unity appears to be from the videos. I played 10 hours of campaign and saw more bugs in a one-hour Unity video than I did in 10 hours of an unfinished Aliens game that, I mean, it, it was all over the game media, how this game was unfinished and the inside stories and stuff that came out about it. So, whatever. Ubisoft, you know, they're just, they suck. And so does Randy Pitch from Gearbox. Fuck you, asshole. So but Ubisoft gave a good reason why this is happening. They said, quote, Having the online elements available and having populated worlds is essential to creating a representative and complete experience for reviewers. Achieving this prior to launch is incredibly complex, which is why some games are being reviewed much closer, or as the case with Destiny, even after the game launches. I mean, come on. Yeah, try to redirect to Destiny. What the hell is that? Yeah. Uh, I don't know. Single player is complex. Uh, jumping over stuff's complex. Where the hell is that music coming from? Complex. What, what the fuck? I hear music. Okay. I fixed it. Anyways. <laughs> fucking Ubisoft took over the system. Running a podcast without fucking it up is complex. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. You know, but I mean, you know what else is complex? I mean, I can't name any things that aren't. But you finish it before you sell it. Because that creates a customer base that will have faith in you and will continue to come back and back and back. But the problem is, is they got a customer base that's full of a bunch of mouth breathers that are like, ooh, I get to stab somebody, but they don't have any idea what the gameplay is. And Assassin's Creed is is a good series overall. It's just the problem is it's, it's track history. It's either barely adequate or barely inadequate. Because there's a lot of broken mechanics in it. Uh, the climbing mechanics in Assassin's Creed 3 were jacked up. Um, he didn't always respond the way he needed to respond. It was always control issues. I mean, it wasn't glaring, but it was noticeable. And they were better in Black Flag, but they were still noticeable from time to time. The climbing and, and traveling seemed to pr pretty much be fixed. Combat was still a little wonky, but, you know... A little bit of a bug is one thing, because it—I mean—that's where the complexity comes in. There's going to be bugs. There's only so many hours that a crew of QA testers can put into a game. I don't know how big their crew is, but I'm sure it's not the million people that's out there playing it right now, like with Unity. So, I mean, yeah, I get there's going to be some bugs, but for a game to be clearly broken, that's—that's uh, that's an issue. Well, they did admit that now. We think it's probably a good idea that we start opening up beta testing for people to start playing these games. So oh, yeah. It's a little late. Now, what they could have done to make this series one of the standout series, I mean, other than financially, but you could have had one amazing game every two or three years, put all of your teams on there, and the game would have been fantastic, and everybody would have loved it. Instead, you force yourself into these situations where you push it out year after year after year, trying to milk it just to get as much money as you can. And you know, Gears of War was able to do 
what I said. They did that model, and it worked out. Every game that came out, except for the last one, was amazing. God of War, same thing, and then they started getting greedy. Um, Assassin's Creed has always been greedy, and that's always been the problem. The first one game was a great proof of concept. I, I thought it was amazing, but it looked unfinished, and it was a little bit too long in certain areas. And then Assassin's Creed 2, you finally had the time and the manpower to do exactly what you wanted to do. And once you did that, you realized, well, I guess we can make a shitload of money if you put this out every year because we got really high marks this year. Let's go with the money thing. We're going to go to Call of Duty route. And that's how it ended up turning out. But somebody who did not have that problem was Sonic the Hedgehog. Uh, there was a couple of years where they, they did skip, and even that didn't help them, so the model's not perfect. But what about the current game? How, how did that work out? I, I played the demo, and um, I'd, I'd rather not talk about it. It's another broken, unfinished game from Sega. Yeah, Sega was just the publisher um, for Sonic and just the publisher for Aliens. Um, the name of the is Red Button or something like that's the name of the developer for Sonic Boom. But anyways, Sega, they're being the publisher, they have a little bit of weight. And usually, if you saw Sega in the, back in the day, if you saw Sega uh, as a primary publisher or developer of a game, you could expect at least a decent game. And it's to the point now they're just slapping their name and Sonic on anything. And it's just trash coming out. I mean, they lost the lawsuit for aliens. They had to pay out, you know, so much money, a million dollars, something like that, 1.3, whatever. So, you know, Sonic, I mean, you think they'd learn their lesson. and uh, But they, they probably wanted to get the game out for Christmas because of the TV show that's, you know, whatever. And it's the same thing. Uh, you watch the gameplay videos, and you see there's like this height glitch you can do where you can skip a bunch of the game world. Uh, you fall through the game world. Uh, you know, it's just, they're not finished. You know, even so I mean, Sonic Lost World didn't get the greatest press, but, I mean, really, its glaring weakness was the auto-targeting, which, I mean, shit, that should have been fixed. I mean, how many times are you impeded in your progress because of something buggy? And auto-targeting is necessary to progress through most of Lost World. Uh, and it's the same thing with Sonic Boom. They just they got certain mechanics that just aren't working because they didn't take time to do the game. And uh, I mean, look at the design. <laughs> I mean, the character's knuckles looks like a a, a waterhead. I mean, <laughs> he's just mm -hmm. terrible. I mean, he, he looks he's stupid. He's been taking human growth hormone apparently. Um, you know, they got like bandages and stuff on him. I mean, and I'm not against change, but you know, Sonic's worked for years, but developers, they want to make him go slow and play as his friends. Sonic is strongest when he's going fast, and that doesn't mean rail sections. It, it seems like when I played the demo, whoever Big Red Entertainment developed the game, I, I don't know who developed the, um, who did the 3DS port, but it seemed like they played, um, was it Trine, where you had to use 
had three three different characters. And you had yes. to choose what puzzles. Trine one and two. Trine, dream, however you pronounce Whatever it. Whatever it is. Yeah, it seemed like someone played that, and they thought this would be a really good idea for Sonic. Mm, no. It would have been better if you would have went back with the devs. I think Sonic 2 is when they first introduced Tails. And was there... was a, No, Sonic 3 when you had specific Not stages for that character. Yeah. Because 2, he was just a hanger-on, right? And then 3, he had his own specific stages. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. There was a two-player co-op mode that was like yeah. a race. Yeah, yeah. But, yeah. He was a lot... He was... He was limited in two compared to three. Yeah. I can't find shit on Big Red Entertainment on what they've done. The uh, the formula for Sonic is just speed, and for extra characters, okay, fine, have Tails and Knuckles. They worked back in the day. They can work today if they make some smart decisions, or Amy or whatever. But they start adding in... I mean, the cast of characters in, in Sonic the Hedgehog is huge. And I think it comes a lot from the comics. But, I mean, there's just literally dozens upon dozens of characters. And developers just keep trying to cram all of this into it. Um, some of the games have, you know, they want you to play all these different characters. And that's where they screw up because they want to offer you different experiences in a series about that's supposed to be about speed. And these other characters don't move like Sonic, then it just doesn't work as well. I mean, unless they get some really, really... Excellent developers. They're going to take the time to do it and have the vision to do it. Uh, <clears throat> Shigeru Miyamoto. They might as well just quit wasting their time because it's, it's not going to work. They need to focus on Sonic and his speed and bring Tails and Knuckles up to his speed And if they want to have other characters. And that'd be as far as it goes. That's not going to happen, though. No. And, I mean, their track history, it's terrible um, in the last few years. You had Sonic 06 come out. It was hyped up, you know, the videos look cool, and then you have a game with broken platforming uh, that continues to... I mean, there were some good speed sections, but it was it was buggy, uh, things didn't work right, uh, and then you had Furry Love. I mean, there's nothing that I want to see more on a uh, Xbox 360 or PlayStation 3 than some good old-fashioned furry. Mmm... Sonic making out with the princess, human princess. You I mean, seriously? Hmm. Sonic Team needs to. You know, I don't even know who did development of that. I said Sonic Team, but I, I mean, seriously. Well, well, the problem you gotta feel sorry for Sega in a way. The original Sonic Team, as far as I know, they're not even together anymore. Oh, probably not. No, they're probably all along. No, that's not like 20 years ago. See, so some of those guys probably already retired. But yeah, you went from 2D systems. To Dreamcast, which was 3D Systems, and you had two pretty good games, and then <laughs> then on out it was total crap. The fans started saying, "Well, we want to go back to the 2D games to make a 2D Sonic." Every time they released a 3D Sonic game, fans revolted. So they said, "Okay, fine, we'll put out Sonic 4," and then they screwed that up by not putting out the entire game at once. They put it up in episodes. Yeah. And so then everybody hated that. So it's like, okay, well then I guess we'll just go back to 3D because we gave you what you wanted, but you didn't like it. What the hell? You went with a Telltale model instead of doing a straight-out Sonic game. Yeah. I mean, you get crap like Black Knight and Shadow the Hedgehog. Uh, I mean, they're just junk. 
you know, PS2 had Shadow, uh, Black Knight, it was on Wii, Bad Control, um, Secret Rings, Bad Control, you know, Unleashed was pretty decent overall. It was it was a lot better on Wii than it was on 360 and PS3. The the Wii mode actually made that game better. The werewolf werehog levels where Sonic turns into a werewolf creature still bring that game down. But the 3D sections were actually pretty well done and, and they were fun. And just like Generations, you know, um, that had some excellent 2D and 3D. And I think that's probably the combination they need to look for. Uh, it's probably the Generations model, at least for another release or two, because what they're trying just isn't working. Um, you know, Lost World had its a lot of strengths, but it had some glaring weaknesses. Um, they were kind of on the right track there, but you know, they were just missing a few things. It's, it's that quality control. Uh, Collars was really good. It might be better in Generations. I don't know. I can't decide. So they had the Sonic CD re-release. That was that was good, and I think uh, Sonic Adventure 2, which was originally on GameCube, it came back out on Xbox Live Arcade or maybe the PlayStation Store. I'm not exactly sure, but I know I saw it. Um, but you know, and the daytime levels of Sonic Unleashed, they were good. But yeah, yeah, well, the, the uh, Sonic Adventure one and two, that was two of the uh, good Dreamcast games. But the uh, Sonic CD, that was that was my favorite. Sonic game. I thought they did everything right in that one. So yeah. it it proves that at least at least the, to me you can do better than the original. So I'm so everything that comes out I'm not going to automatically hate it because it's not the original. Right. I'm not one of these new Star Wars fans who complain about it about the prequels. But how much of the problem with this the uh, I don't know who's in charge of doing the TV series Sonic Boom, but which idea came first, the TV series or the game? Don't quote me, but I'm thinking the TV series. That 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 could potentially be a problem. Yeah. But well, they could have just made Sonic go fast in a TV series too. <laughs> I don't know. I haven't watched it. Maybe it's actually out yet. Well, if if Urkel isn't doing the voice for it, then I'm I'm out. But um, somebody had a TV series back in the day, and that was Mario. And now he's still somewhat relevant today. He only sells a couple million copies of his shit, and he has a new game coming out, Super Smash Brothers, which did not get shitty reviews from Metacritic and everybody else. Were having very buggy shit. Well, yeah. And the and the reviews came out ahead of time. You know, not all of them. There's a few. There's 13 reviews on Metacritic. It's holding 94. Likely to drop a little bit, but I, it's not gonna drop a whole lot. That that game is. It looks good. I've played the 3DS version and it's really good. So hope, I haven't played the Wii U version yet, but I have high hopes for it. And it looks like they're being, they're gonna hold up. So, uh, and Nintendo's not all great. Going back to Sonic, at Lost Worlds, a Wii U exclusive. And so is Sonic Boom. So, but you know, Nintendo—they get their reviews are coming out early, just like for Bayonetta. Those came out early, uh, and it held a 91. They come out several days before game release. So, not all publishers are perfect, uh, but at least Nintendo—you're getting your reviews ahead of time. So, uh, Smash Brothers—I mean, it's got a huge roster. It's got some really cool-looking levels from the videos I've watched. 
Um, it's got some good fighters. Uh, Little Mac apparently sucks, but it's awesome that Little Mac is in there from Punch Out, and I'm gonna I'm definitely gonna kill that damn duck hunt dog. Mm. But uh, the amiibo functionality is there, which lets you train your little fighters up, and that's neat. So we'll be hopefully we'll be snagging some of those. Because um, hey, we like Skylanders, and amiibo doesn't have its own standalone game yet. I don't know why Nintendo didn't go ahead and develop something for that, but. Uh, which will probably hold it back compared to Skylanders, but I mean they 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 look promising. I mean their DLC that runs across multiple platforms, and even if you don't use them for your games, you got a little Nintendo collectible if you like that sort of thing. Well, so, Nintendo could have had Skylanders. They went to Nintendo and offered it to them for an exclusive, and they said no. Yeah, yeah. Then we'd probably be talking about how the PS4 and the uh, Xbox One aren't keeping up with the uh, Wii U. Said the other way around. Yeah. So Wii U and the Xbox One's bounce back and forth. It's the gaps down to, the estimates are down to around six hundred thousand, seven hundred thousand, but it's not that far off. But one thing that was awesome back in the day with Super Nintendo and Sega was uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. They had some awesome co-op games. Oh, they were fun. They were really good. Uh, they were good on Nintendo too, the regular Nintendo, but they were just hard as balls. Um, but yeah. Ninja Turtles, uh, Turtles in Time, and Hyper Stone Heist for the you know Turtles in Time was on Super Nintendo, and Hyper Stone Heist was on the Genesis. They were easier, but they still you know they were still a good challenge. There was a lot of fun to be had, but they weren't they didn't just own you like the old ones did. But man, the co-op on those and some of the effects and some of the things they did, uh, they were good. Those were really good games. Like Konami was at the top of their game. Konami was awesome. Those came out not too long after the arcade game came out. And yeah. um, and the the arc, seeing the arcade game was awesome as hell. And then back then you pay like eighty dollars to get the arcade version on the NES and it looked like shit. Then when the Super Nintendo came out and you finally got something that looked as close as it could to the arcade, to our eyes back then this was Oh my god, it looks as good as the arcade. Now we know it didn't because we got the ROMs. But god damn it was awesome. It was pretty it was pretty good. It was really good. And it's a lot longer than the arcade game. The arcade game is short as shit. Yeah. Uh, it's just a, a few levels. Yeah. yeah. I remember yeah. beating it at the county fair when I was a kid and that was pretty awesome. Um but uh like Turtles in Time and High Percent Heist they had a lot of effects that were really cool, like there was this one technique you could you could do when you grabbed like a foot soldier, and they would twirl around in a grapple and throw the foot soldier at the screen, and they would like smack the TV screen like they're you know breaking the fourth wall kind of stuff. Yeah. And that was pretty cool. Was and awesome. uh, there was one level where Shredder was in some sort of tank or machine of some sort, and he was in the foreground. You could just see the back of his head. And he filled up like the bottom third of the screen or so. And he was shooting at you. He had to dodge bullets. This is cool stuff like that. Plus, the movies were really popular to us when we were that age. And you got to see uh, the wolf and turtle thing from Ninja Turtles 2 and Super Shredder. So that was really cool. Yeah, they were really good games. Yeah. the uh, And this was back in the days when now you get the exact same game on both systems. Back then you would have pretty much the same game but just enough of a twist where god damn it you gotta buy both of them if you got both systems. Yeah, there were there I mean 
there was a different number of levels. I think the Super Nintendo version might have had more. Um, there were other differences, but I I can't remember what they were. I haven't played Hyper Percent High since the since the mid to late nineties. Um, I'm gonna have to fix that soon. But I played a lot of Ninja, uh, Turtles in Time. I mean, yeah, I rented it every week for months. Oh, I did too. I could I have owned it. Von Carnes. Two dollars every week. Could have rented it down at the grocery store. Yeah. Same, I would have had that game, but I probably, I bet I rented it 20 times. So. Oh, yeah. yeah. I rented the hell out of two Vaughn Cardinals, I think. Is that the one we had? Yeah, Vaughn's Cardinal and Mason. Oh, I know another thing. I'm a big Alien fan, and it was really cool to see the pizza monsters, which were a ripoff of Aliens. And they would jump out of the water in a sewer when he was on like little uh, yeah, yeah. surfboard and hoverboard things. And I think he had to fight like the Rat King at the end of that stage, maybe. So, yeah, that sounds, was... That sounds was likely. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. They, it was just, and it was so awesome to sit down with your buddies and your friends and brothers and cousins and whatever and, and get to play through um, Ninja Turtles, which the best thing about it was, was I wasn't a bandwagon fan. I wasn't a Michelangelo guy. So everybody I played with wanted to be Michelangelo. But I always got to be Raphael because he's just clearly the best. So. And But for the game itself, I always used Leonardo and Donatello because they had the long reach, so they ended up being easier to cheat with. Oh, yeah, they, they made the game a little easier. Yeah. Um, some of the stages carried over, I think, from some of the other games. Uh, like uh, the stage where you're... Look, I think you're out in the ocean or the bay or something, and you're on the uh, surfboards, the hoverboards, and that was a stage that was on the arcade game or the NES version of the arcade game. I can't remember exactly. So, But, yeah, I mean, yeah, like the dash moves where you could do the double taps and... They would do like little karate kicks and stuff, and that would knock enemies back, and you could move back and forth real quick, and you had the big jump kicks, and, and you could knock the um, manhole covers back at them. But, yeah, yeah. You know, there, was, there was some stuff that was repeated, but, I mean, they had the super moves, like Donatello did like the spin, things like that, but then they had those annoying-ass robots. What were the robots called? Oh, the... Um... Not the mousers, but the ones with the... They could electrocute you. Yeah, yeah, with the arms, yeah. yeah. Uh, Baxter Stockman designed it, but I can't remember the names of the actual... Yeah. Oh, my God, we're, this is not going to be good for our cred. No, no, no. Yeah. So, yeah, they were fantastic games, and I think there was some difference in levels, and some bosses were in one and not in the others. So I think, uh, what was the little... The guy from the movies, the, the Japanese guy that was Shredder's right-hand man, what was Tatsu his name? or something like that? Tatsu, yeah. I think he was in Hyperstone Heist, but not Turtles in Time, maybe? I don't, I don't think, think he was no, in Turtles, he wasn't in Turtles in Time. No. no, he wasn't in Turtles in Time. So I think you could beat him on the on the Genesis version. So, You know, I, I think back to going back to Vaughn's Cardinal, and I can just see these games on these racks that I rented and bought, and I look at the eBay value. Like, Vaughn's Cardinal, if they still had their games, could retire. It's like every <laughs> game they bought, was one that ended up being valuable. It was crazy. Whether it was Nintendo to Super Nintendo or 64, it was all the rares. I mean, they had all of them. Okay. So, yeah, they, yeah, Turtles of Time, Hypercent Heist, both really good. So that, that would be your retro pick of the week? Pick one of those games up if you can both? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And I'm not... I, I'll, I'll prefer the SNES version because that's the one I played the most. You but, purist. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I would say that you know, th there's not any reduced value in the Genesis version, really. I mean, it, it plays really well, and it's a really good game. So, I mean, I played it a lot as a kid, but that's been it's been a little while. Yeah, they're very good. So, yeah, if you're listening and you want to drop some <laughs> 100 bucks on a complete copy or 80 bucks or whatever it's at, go ahead. Uh, cartridge, you might be able to get for 30 to $50, but... I haven't checked the price lately, but I know they've I know they've climbed a bunch in the last year, at least to my perspective. It seems like the Hyperstone Heist has really jumped up a bunch. Yes, a, lot people, a lot of people didn't play it back in the day. I mean, they're they're starting to discover it. Is so. Turtles in Time still on the um, PSN network? Oh, I didn't know it was ever on there. Yeah, I have it. That's that's the last place I played it at. Oh man! I think I played it on there, and it may have been on our Xbox. Turtles in Time. Yeah. Really? I think huh. it's on PSN. Well, I guess Konami probably still owns it. I mean, it's their IP, or not their IP, but their their game. Well, I think they got rid of it. I think it was only on there, and then they said, "Well, if you have it, you can still download it from our servers, but you can't purchase it anymore." Huh? That's strange. Yeah, I think that's what happened. Do you remember the intro to the Konami games in that Super Nintendo Sega time? That they yeah, drew the they, they did a straight ripoff. Yeah. Purple, the purple laser flew up. What, the ripoff of what? It was a straight from the TV series, wasn't it? Oh, the Konami one? I don't, I don't think so. Yeah. I don't know. The Konami logo so. would pop out, and that laser would, the purple laser would go horizontally across the screen and make that high pitched sound, and it was just like you knew you was playing something awesome. Oh, you know, that. You knew yeah, you was the, playing the Ninja Turtles. Logo. Yeah, the Konami logo. You knew you was playing Ninja Turtles, or you was going to have Contra 3, or uh, Castlevania, something like that. You was just... that. You you knew you had a good game when you saw that logo. Back then. Yeah, back then. What was <laughs> yeah, the last thing Konami put out? I don't know, but I know that like Lords of Shadow 2 didn't do very well. Critically. Oh, yeah. Yeah, they did do those games, didn't they? And then they had Castlevania Judgment. I don't know if Konami... Published or developed that one. I don't know if Konami does any publishing. I'm not really sure, but it was a fighting game with Castlevania characters, and it, <laughs> yeah. like, it did not look very interesting. And I don't think the reviews were very kind. So, but yeah, I hope that I would like to see a really good Ninja Turtles game. Uh, I don't know if they, they. I think they have one out for 3DS, maybe. Didn't, didn't one come out for GameCube that was pretty good? Was it Melee? Melee, something like that. Yeah. Brawl or something like that? Yeah, I think it might come out on Xbox too, didn't it? I it remember... It was like a multi-platform title release and was one an exclusive. I'd have to look it up, but... Yeah, there was one, I think... I think I played the GameCube one, and uh, I was too cool for that shit then. I was playing Grand Theft Auto. I was, <laughs> I I was playing mature games, you know, because there's blood and hookers. Are, they're the yeah. bomb. But yeah. I would rather play Ninja Turtles, Turtles in Time than... Grand Theft Auto. Not that they're bad games, it's just I'm past all that. I mean, well, somebody who's mechanics are good. I don't care what the wallpaper looks like, I'll play it. Well, somebody who's who's not past all that juvenile delinquency is um, Bruce Campbell. We uh, yeah. in the movie news, we actually have what we've waited for so long. Kind of. Almost. We wanted an Army of Darkness sequel. We didn't get it. What we're getting is a TV series. On stars, because everybody has fucking stars. 
But anyway, the the uh, synopsis for the series is um, Ash, the stock boy, aging, thorough, and chainsaw-handed monster hunter who has spent the last 30 years avoiding responsibility, maturity, see, I told you, and the terrors of the evil dead. When the deadite plague threatens to destroy all mankind, Ash is finally forced to face his demons. There's a lot of Fs in there. Personal and literal. Destiny, it turns out, has no plans to release the unlikely hero from its, quote, evil grip. Um, there is ten half-hour episodes, which will air sometime, 2015, and um, uh, Sam Raimi and Ivan Raimi and Tom... I, I'm going to torture your name, and I lost a lot of cred again. Tom... Sp uh, that guy. That What's dude, Tom. It's fucking Tom, dude. It's Tom. He, I'm sure he's in the union. You'll see his name on the credits. Don't worry about it. Yeah. Anyways, um, Raimi is going to direct the first one, and it was written by those three, and I, uh, that's really all I know. Raimi will serve as executive producer along with Rob Talbert and Bruce Campbell. Ivan Raimi will co-produce, and Aaron Lame, Lom, where the fuck, will serve as producers. Well, I mean, it's it, that's exciting. I mean, I would rather have a movie. Let's just get that out of the way. I would rather see a big release, but there's yeah. probably a little bit of the fact that Bruce Campbell's a cult guy. You know, he's not Channing Tatum or one of these newer guys. It's, I mean, he's a cult guy. He's a cult favorite. He's a, that's the kind of fandom he has, and it's well deserved. He's a, he's he's good uh, at what he does, but he's just never been this hardcore mainstream actor that's been just picked up by everybody. Um, some people might say, "Hey, I saw a guy in Spider-Man once," you know, but <laughs> he saw him three times. Stars has yeah, Stars has made some good TV series. Like what? Uh, was really good. What was so, Spartacus? No. Uh, I mean, <laughs> if you like seeing swinging genitalia, that's your show. Yeah. Any genitalia, it was covered with it. Um, but the story was really good. The production was really good, and the actors were pretty good. Um, Slade for the guy who plays uh, Slade on Arrow was on there. He played Crixus. I hate that I can remember his name as the characters, but not as his, his actor's name. But he was really good on there, and then they had uh, uh, Andy Whitfield, who played Spartacus, and he passed away from cancer during production of the show, or after the first season. Well, he's not a team player. Yeah, yeah. I mean, rest his soul. That guy was actually really good. Um, he might have he went somewhere. I mean, his career was taken off, I think. But that guy was good. and uh, But that was a good show. And Sam Raimi was involved with that. So let's just uh, keep our fingers crossed that the stars align again and we get a good TV show from stars that actually happens to have Bruce Campbell in it and that I, I am all set to watch that shit. That would make me probably want to get cable again if it was good. But hey, if they sell the episodes online, I'll just buy them online. Yeah, it might be on the iTunes store. I'm not picking up there. Yeah, yeah. That's. I mean, that's that's what we do with all of our stuff. But yeah, I mean, I'm super excited to hear there's gonna be a TV show. So, so he's 30 years of avoiding maturity and responsibility. 
Got S Mart. He's still he's still so smart. That's not very smart. Yeah, so. Ah, funny, funny. But yeah, man, I haven't introduced my kids to Evil Dead or Army of Darkness yet. Actually, I take it back. My six-year-old has watched uh, the original Evil Dead, and he couldn't make it through it. So it was pretty bad. Yeah, I don't I don't restrict my kid from gore or language or anything like that. Tree rape. No, none of that good yeah, stuff. No, I, I, I don't. I mean, he, if he if he couldn't separate that it was fiction, yes. Uh, I grew up watching all that stuff, and I'm a productive member of society, and I will closely monitor my child and whatever, because he, he loves Terminator, aliens, all that stuff. He liked Evil Dead, but he couldn't finish it. Now the, Army uh, of Darkness he could probably handle, because it's not really scary. It's more of a comedy, almost getting the end. I, th- I think the reason why I don't really like Evil Dead 1 and 2 is because the first one I saw was Army of Darkness. So I went backwards. I did the same thing. I was. Yeah. I remember when Army of Darkness came out in the theaters and I got to watch it on VHS. And then uh, I don't know if I read like a Fangoria or something like that. Something mentioned that, you know, there's Evil Dead movies with the same character. And I was like, hell yeah. And I freaking love those movies. But. You know, I still would have liked to have seen a little more of the Army of Darkness type stuff in it. And Army of Darkness really could have used more of the Evil Dead type stuff. I mean, yeah, it shares the same character, and there's there's a different flavor there for sure. Yeah. But they all need bacon, just the way it is. So they were they were good. So, but yeah, it's well, funny that Owen can watch a modern horror movie, for the most part, most of them, and it doesn't phase him. But you and I say modern, but I mean you know in the last five to ten years, he he just doesn't really bat an eye. Sometimes he falls asleep. Evil Dead destroyed him. I mean, he was done. When she was uh, peeking out from under the, the the trap door in the floor, he was over. That was it. He was done. Which is also funny. All these modern movies he watches don't really scare him. But the original Dracula with Bella Lugosi, uh, the bats on the strings, the rubber bats, that scared him too. But you show him some CGI crap, and he doesn't. He doesn't. He's not phased. Well, one thing that is scary is. We keep getting more news about the Fantastic Four. Um, in an interview with Collider, actor Toby Keeble, who was playing Doom in a forthcoming remake, dropped a pretty big bomb as to the nature of his character. Here we go. Uh, quote, he's Victor Domashev, not Victor Von Doom in our story. The Doom in ours, I'm a programmer, very antisocial programmer, and on blogging sites... I'm Doom. Scott, um, you have some words to say, I think. I'm going to clean them up. I lost a little bit of a composure earlier. But Fox Studios uh, is really screwing the pooch. I mean, did someone say, you know what, Victor Von Doom is a silly-sounding name. It's a move, and that's now I, will, I, will, I would bet my left arm that was the decision-making process. That they sat around saying, you know what, Victor Von Doom is a silly, silly name. Let's not do that. I'm going to tell you what's silly, but I love it anyways, and so does everybody else. People with superpowers, they're silly, and they're making hundreds of millions and, well, billions Billions. of dollars. They are making billions of dollars on these movies. People don't give a shit, sorry, if... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it doesn't fucking matter anymore. Yeah, you already said fuck you to somebody. A character's name is freaking silly. Okay? But 
one part of your fan base that will care. See, the average fan, the average moviegoer, isn't going to pay attention to Domashev. But you're, I will guarantee you they're losing ticket sales based on their casting already. But then they, the, more stuff like this, this Domashev. The, the comic book fans are not going to go to this movie. Not in droves. Do That's you just remember when the, um, the first one came out and they released the still of what Doom looked like the first time? And they gave him a green fucking mask. Why? I don't know. But then they had to go in and pay more money to go in and, and redo all the effects and recolor his mask to make it silver because they were so fucking stupid that they wanted to change it to green. Just leave stuff close. 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 Well, it yeah, was good. The X-Men uniforms yeah. weren't going to cut it. You know what I mean? Those move, those those uniforms are not going to work. Spider-Man's works. Perfect. Yeah. Perfect. Superman works. Batman works. Wolverine's pointy ears and Cyclops's twenty-five belts he wore back in the nineties. That stuff doesn't work. You know they had to change something. But making the mask green versus making it silver. Why not just leave it silver? He's still wearing a damn mask. You know. And and I want to touch back on last week and the casting of Johnny Storm. You know, I don't I I think it's a, a bad decision based on the source material and nothing else. Not any sort of stupid feelings of racism because that's just ignorant. But that is not even close to the worst <laughs> decision that is going on with this movie. In fact, Johnny Storm is the best casting choice out of the four people that are playing the Fantastic Four. I'm sorry, but the rest of them, they just do not fit. And, uh, I mean, they, <laughs> oh, Lord, they just look ridiculous. Whereas the original Fantastic Forecast looked ridiculously Hollywood. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The new one looks ridiculously, <laughs> um, what's the theater you do in your towns? Community theater. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean... Listen, there's a certain appeal that I, I guess I'm being superficial. They just don't look like they fit the parts. I, I guess I shouldn't say that they look unprofessional or something like that. They don't. But they just don't fit. Okay, okay now. Like, I'm going to admit. Superman, he doesn't fit. He's not yeah. Superman. I can buy him as Johnny Blaze, minus the fact the movies are terrible. I can buy him as Johnny Blaze. Yeah. I can't buy him as Clark Ken or... John, uh, John Wayne, Bruce Wayne. Yeah, I couldn't. I couldn't buy him John Wayne either. That John bad. Wayne. It wouldn't work. Okay. Um, you know, Josh Brolin maybe, but that guy no. He just doesn't fit. And that's that's what I think. But there still remains to be seen their performances. It may work. Well, look. I just don't know why Fox is so intent on screwing with the formula. I mean, their track record is not good. I mean, Alien versus Predator one and two, Alien Resurrection. Hey. You know, all the script meddling with Alien 3. Uh, you know, they just... I don't know. They just do a lot of stupid stuff. And now, it's I was... Studio meddling. I was wrong about Tobey Maguire. I'll admit that. I wasn't happy with that. I wasn't happy I wasn't with... Either, I, I wasn't happy with Heath Ledger. I was wrong about that. Um, hell, I was... I don't remember how old I was, but... I was still a child, and I was not happy that... No, Mr. Mom was Batman. But he's still my favorite Batman. So, could I be wrong about this? Um, no. No, this is going to be bad. No. I'll go out on a limb and say Johnny Storm will probably actually be good. 
if you just don't think of, if you if you step outside of your comic book geekdom, me and you and the fans, yeah. he'll probably be good. That guy's not a bad actor. That's not that's not what I've been saying. It just it's not he just doesn't fit the part. If he had too big of ears or if he was too short or too tall, it didn't fit the part. You know, they had a perfectly cast Johnny Storm last time. Just so happens he's also perfectly cast as Captain America. So, you know. See, I didn't think he was a good choice for Captain America, but he ended up being proving me wrong. So. I rolled my eyes. I thought, man, he's perfect as Johnny Storm. There's no way he's going to nail Captain America. But, you know, that's a statement you make when you're not familiar with anything except Johnny Storm. That was my problem. I wasn't familiar with anything he'd done except Johnny Storm. You know. And that was it. But Isn't he, Didn't he do like three different comic book movies now? Three different? Oh, I didn't know. I don't know, maybe. He'll probably, he'll probably be Punisher or something next. I don't know. Bo Pearson was pretty good. I liked it. I liked the... Uh, I don't know. There wasn't, I mean, the ending was a little meh, but I liked the rest of it. I thought it was really good. It was really building up to something that just kind of pooped a little bit at the end, but... Mm. I thought that was a well-done movie. Okay. I like it. I, I mean, just everything. The art design. I mean, there's a little bit of the Hunger Games kind of mixed up in it. You can see it, but the the train and you know when they got to the front and they had people just they were high as a kite and having orgies and all that stuff, you know. And then you had all these people living in the back and they were being used for labor and. They were being called. I mean, it was just—it was crazy. It was, I thought it was an awesome movie, awesome yeah, concept. It, it was um, really cool concept. New World Order on a Train is what it is Illuminati. Yeah, that's exactly what it was. Um, okay, he was—he did the voice for Casey Jones on the Ninja Turtles in 2007. Uh, Johnny Storm, and he was also in. Um, oh fuck, I lost it. Scott Pilgrim vs. the World. So he he was in. Oh, that's right. He was, yeah. yeah. So it was Superman. Yeah. And yeah. He, uh, Brandon is it Brandon Ruth or Brandon Ralph? Ralph. Brandon Ralph was flipping awesome in that movie, and he's pretty good on Arrow too. And I actually liked him as Superman. Um, he may not look quite the Superman part that. Uh, oh my gosh, I don't know the guy's name. The current Superman does, but I think he I think he carried Henry? it better. What's his name? Henry. Henry Cavill, Henry Cavill. Yeah. 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 I mean, I, I, I like Henry Cavill all right, but I think I don't think Ralph was better. Well, Henry Cavill was allowed to be his own Superman. Brendan Ralph had his hands tied. He had to be play Christopher Reeve playing Superman. So. Yeah, that 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 hurt us a little bit. He was allowed to be his own Superman, and his Henry Cavill's uh, problem is is a poor script, a poor understanding of what makes that character tick. Yeah. Poor writing, right. poor character. I think it's time to rant a little bit. <laughs> but the uh, Superman. Uh, oh my gosh. Yeah. There's a good but, movie in there somewhere. It's just not a good Superman movie. But Snowpiercer was was pretty good. It's a little long. It needed to be cut down about 30 minutes. But overall, I mean, it it's on Netflix. You there's probably not much left to watch. If you want to, you can be like us. Go ahead, add it to your queue that you're never going to watch all of. But Snowpiercer was pretty good. It's Captain America on the train fighting the New World Order, so he's fighting Hydra again. But it, it it's like Captain it? America if he didn't have the super serum, and he wasn't born to suck. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. If he if he grew, he's the same courageous individual. 
but you see the dark side of him later on, and that that was a good twist that you don't get out of Captain America. You know Spoiler. that that pain, and well, that's as far as I'm going. That, well, that, even saying that, that that there's a there's a twist is a spoiler. There might not. Oh. Spoiler. Spoiler twist. I think they're saying there's a twist is exactly is essentially a spoiler. Yeah, yeah. I was like, okay, so yeah. now some of the senior guys getting in. Spoiler. Yeah. Every movie has a twist. Hmm. You, well, anyways, you get to see his darker side a little bit, and uh, I think that you could see the pain in his eyes. I thought I, I thought he played the part well. So there was a difference there between that and Captain America. He's well, he, he's got all the good parts of Steve Rogers. Then he's he's a little deeper than than what Steve Rogers usually brings to the table. So I liked it. I thought he had, he showed pretty good range in it. So well, well, I don't know if there's going to be plot twist or not, but. Um, CM Punk is actually writing a story for Thor Annual in February. I forgot what date it's coming out. But so Punk comes out of his. Um, so is this a publicity stunt, or does he have some sort of history with writing? I think it's a publicity stunt. Yeah, probably. I, I like CM Punk, but whatever. Well, if he can, if he can um, write a script, like he can write a promo. Fan fiction, basically. Good. That's what we're getting: official fan fiction. <laughs> Oh yeah, that's what fucking dance slot and rest of them do. You know, last time I got excited about a celebrity that was writing or directing or something like that was Rob Zombie, and we saw how that turned out. Yeah. That's yeah, not... that was that has not been good. But it is what it is. You know, they're famous. We're not. They succeeded. We didn't. So, a little bit of envy, I guess. But hey, if he loves the character and writes a good story, then who cares? Yeah, but I mean, if the guy can write like he can cut a promo, he should be fine. Yeah. Look, I I'd, I'd, I'd rather trust CM Punk to write Thor than I would Fox do a <laughs> Fantastic Four movie. Could be any sort of Marvel movie or sci-fi movie. Yeah, or anything in the last ten years. Yeah. I I'm not going to take the time to do it right now, but maybe next week we'll talk about what good movies what their average rating of a Fox Studios movie is. Well, going back to, to Fox real quick, do you remember as maybe two months ago or so, Kevin Feige was... He was open to talk about the X-Men films, but whenever, uh, <laughs> whenever Fantastic Four came up, he just said, fuck it, I'm done. He, no. he made... Yeah, he just, he just basically just kind of passed off on anything to do with the Fantastic Four. So he may have got a hold of this script, and he's like, Jesus Christ. Oh, uh, I... I'd say I he probably did get his hands on the script. I knocked it out of the park, and the only quibbles were just some fanboy-type stuff. But I don't, I don't see it happening. I mean, Fantastic Four wasn't terrible... Yes, it they was. Were bad. <laughs> they were just bad. Fantastic Four 2 was terrible. 1 was okay. 2 was better than 1 because at least you had one scene where Reed Rogers was who he is. Reed Richards, True. not Rogers. True. So, I didn't see... Really, the only thing good out of those movies was Johnny Storm. And, well, well Jessica Alba was... She's she, she wasn't she's, bad either, but... I don't know if it fucking goddamn better. horrible. Every, the only thing good about that movie... She, wasn't really great. she just wasn't uh, Sue Storm, man. No, she wasn't. She's, she's not having a lot to anything. Yeah. The, the only thing I liked about that was... Okay, Ben Grimm was okay. 
Yeah. I mean, a little more budget wouldn't hurt, but he was all right. Yeah, I mean, as far as, as, far as his kid, acting, that was fine. Yeah. Hell, the best fucking Doom you had was the, uh, the Corman one. Yeah. It was just sad to say, but, I mean, the guy had everything in there. I mean, sure, it was bad, it was cheesy, but at least when you watched his character, it felt like he believed in <laughs> in being fucking evil. It's, the other like, prick was just, well, I don't want to wear the mask, I want to show my face because I'm, an, I'm a real actor. No, you're on fucking nip and tuck. Don't sign up to play the part. You're never going to get an award. You get your face time. They're in the origin story. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And you got you're in the union. Your name goes in the credits. You'll be okay. Yeah. They can do flashbacks if you want to do if you want to show your pretty face. Yeah. Um, it's not the only movie he ever had. So, uh, I don't know. I mean, I'm not an actor, but it seems to me that you you sign on to play a character, not yourself. Yeah. And, and uh, well, it it showed with Doom, and it showed with a lot of them. Uh, they were there as themselves. There was nothing convincing about them. So. Well, talking about convincing is our little last piece of news. Is uh, WWE is going to have to convince Brock Lesnar to return after his contract ends, like the day after WrestleMania, and it seems like that Lesnar may be using uh, UFC a return to the UFC as leverage in his contract negotiations, which. It sounds like a power play, but at this point, I really can't blame Lesnar for doing that. Well, you know, there's there's no in your value, and Lesnar knows his value, and he's gonna he's gonna he's gonna push for it. Uh, but we also know Vince McMahon can be ruthless if he needs to be. Not just as a character, but as a human being. He's, and yes. it may blow up in Lesnar's face. He may have to go take punches in the face to make a make a buck. Because I am sure it's a power play by Lesnar. He was he did not. I mean, he was okay. He was he was okay at MMA. He's a big, huge man who is relatively physically fit. I mean, he could have better cardio, but anybody that big is going to have a tough time keeping the gas tank full um, without extensive road work. And uh, the other thing, I mean, he was, he was a, a fantastic collegiate wrestler. Very, very oh, yeah. good. He's yes. a very very aggressive human being until someone else has punched him in the mouth. Yeah, he's he walks the walk and got in there and fought and stuff, but he didn't like it. For all the attitude and tattoos and you know this and that, he, he just didn't like it. And honestly, you can't blame the guy. He's basically, I mean, yeah, you're wrestling, you're not really punching people. It's hard on the body. You go do pro wrestling, and it's harder than probably MMA. Uh, it's because know, of the week to week to week basis that you're getting pummeled. Yeah, I mean they don't get they don't get enough of a break to heal. Plus, it's akin to being in a, a 35 mile an hour car wreck half the time. I mean, yeah, it's a rough sport. So then now you're going to something where people are trying to bash your face in and knock you unconscious, plus the wrestling and the potential to get slammed on your head and. Joints twisted and you know arm bars and ankle locks and kimuras and all that stuff. Yeah, they got a. He didn't like it. I'll blame him. It wasn't for him. Some of those people revel in it, but they also weren't multi-million dollar professional wrestlers before then. So yeah. he'll push for it. And if he needs to pay today, he'll fight in UFC. But that's only if McMahon cuts him loose. Yeah, and he has until. 
if if you're going to start negotiations and and seriousness, you have to do it right now because you got WrestleMania coming up in almost four months now. Five months? Is uh, it April? I think it's March. It might oh. be in April this year. I think it's, it's probably for. Either way, you're running out of time. So. Yeah, I mean. And you don't have Jim Ross there to cut deals like he was. And Lesnar is a. They're using him right on the show. I mean, it. He's a special talent. He's he's not Ric Flair, but having him only show up every so often, and he's the champ, does make it seem like a big deal. Whenever he shows up, it's an event. It's not just oh look, here's fucking Cena again. No. So when Lesnar's there, show picks up. On the flip side, Dana White knows that in the UFC. Mm-hmm. And Lorenzo and whatever his name is, the Fertitta brothers, the guys that actually own it, they know that. And they've got the money to do it. Yeah. They've, they, they are making a killing in pay-per-views and product placement and everything else, marketing, merchandising. UFC is here to stay. You know, it's there's no doubt. It's It has made its mark. It is, a, I would say, a permanent fixture in sports for the rest of civilization. It's like boxing. It might have its ups and downs, but it's going to be here. The money is there. Yeah, they could be paid better in UFC, but guys like Lesnar, they are they own all those casinos, they got all that pay-per-view revenue, all that merchandising revenue. They're going to pay Lesnar some fat cash because Dana White knows he can say the return of Brock Lesnar on one of their pay-per-views or on yeah. Ultimate Fighter or even put him on Ultimate Fighter, and there you go. People's going to turn in because now you're going to get all the wrestler, wrestling fans that don't watch UFC, but may have watched it when Lesnar went, they'll come back. And just like the last time, I'm sure there was some carryover and some of those fans stayed, and it will happen yeah. again. And he will probably throw money at anybody that opens up a contract. So, so well, we'll, we'll see what happens. Um, we're about ready to wrap it up. As far as um, suggestions for anything for anybody to watch... Uh, if you hate Monday Night Raw, look, the fucking network is still free to the end of this month, so go ahead, pick it up, watch NXT. Scott's going to start watching at least every now and then. Yeah, I I watch WWE Network, but I don't watch the current stuff. Yeah. I'm like, I, I don't either. <laughs> I'm back in the 80s, man. I'm back in the yeah. 80s. Yeah. I'm watching, uh, you know, Chi-Town Rumble and... Uh, uh, Clash of the Champions and Wrestle War, a Robocop and Sting and Lex Luger, yeah. you know, WrestleMania three and four, all that stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So but, I'm catching up on all that stuff again and refreshing myself. Yeah. But I'm gonna, I'm gonna get more into the modern stuff because I'm one of those wrestling fans that the modern era is is fine, I guess, but it's just no, not. It's not. That's not well, fun. It's, it's shit. It's shit. I'll be honest. It's shit. I'm the wrestling correspondent on this. It's fucking shit. It's horrible. It's goddamn. I, I tapped out wrestling. WCW folded, and I tried. They were doing the drafts and all that stuff, and I, I watched a little bit, another year or two maybe, and I think there's a place for like the Degeneration X stuff, which I know they've steered a little bit away from that, but. For that to be a part of their show, not for everything to be the same thing. And it just, everything seems so cookie cutter. And that's the double edged sword of freely admitting that this is a scripted 
sports event, rather than in the 80s, they were still trying to sell it. So they had these crazy out-of-this-world characters, like your Ultimate Warriors and your Earthquakes, and Undertaker carried over because he's Undertaker. I mean, it, it just worked. But then you got the guys that I'm, I didn't... I mean, everybody looked like a Hardy brother or Christian or Edge or something like that. And then you had... Uh, what was the guy that feuded with Christian and them that was the vampire-looking dude? Vampiro? Not Vampiro. Um, Gangrel. Gangrel. Yeah, people like that. You know, they... They were out of their. They were out of their time. Gangrel, I don't know. He was a. Eh. Oh, well, they were a little bit. They were before Twilight, so they were actually ahead of the curve for watching wrestling instead of six months behind. Yeah, but I mean that character, you know. So I, you know, everybody's in a t-shirt and trunks, and you know the bearded guy is pretty cool. I know his name's oh, Boogeyman. Yeah. yeah, but uh, yeah, I mean it's just not my cup of tea. Maybe it'll grow on me again someday, but. Well, like I said, I'm. Watch NXT. It's it's the only decent product WWE puts out. Hunter Wright's Undertaker dual retirement match WrestleMania. Make it happen. I'll sign up. I'll buy that pay per view for nine ninety nine. Yeah, you damn right. Get them. Get them. Just let me see it. All right, you know, Scott. Give somebody something to watch. Give them somebody something to watch. Yeah. Uh, Arrow. If you know, it's pretty good. I like Arrow. Uh, everybody's watching Walking Dead, so except you. Yeah. And uh, yeah. So other than that, that's about all we're picking up right now. Flash, we're watching the Flash. That's pretty good. So I like Flash. I like the CW stuff. Yeah. There's some. Arrow doesn't have all the teen drama that, like Smallville had. I mean, some of it's there with the relationship stuff, but I mean, it's a pretty good show. The action's pretty good, especially for a TV show. And the main character, I mean, he could be a little more likable. And his love interest, which they're not really making a overt love interest right now, she's Lauren. She just I, the writers have really messed that character up. I don't know. I mean, it was cool that they went that direction. It just I don't think they did it in an effective way when they made her uh, a little bit of an alcoholic and druggy, and yeah, she just she just seemed weak. And I don't like weak. And we have uh, I think one episode left on Gotham before they take their fall break, so go ahead and catch up on that now so you'll be ready to go when the second part of the season picks up, I guess, in the spring or whenever yeah, that takes when, place. When Walking Dead and Arrow and all that go on their breaks, then I'm going to start buying the episodes for uh, Gotham because everybody at work really likes it. So yeah. I'm going to check it out. All right, so check out Arrow, check out Flash, and check out NXT. Flash is good, too. Flash has got a lot of humor. Very good. Okay, for, uh, well, I guess you can say goodbye yourself. Scott, say goodbye. Goodbye. Fuck you, Internet. Bye-bye. Have a great evening, everybody. Bye.